Anyway, we're going to talk today. Let's talk about the weather. We're going to talk about the promises of God and what that means. We're just going to have a chat this morning. It's not really a preach. We're going to have a chat and maybe there's some good thoughts that come out of that that you can you can take or that help you. We'll see how we go. Oh, you, you, what? Yeah. I'm allowed to talk? Yeah, please. Uh, excellent. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier there are, there are over 7,000 promises. Yeah. What, what sort of promises are we talking about here? There's, uh, there's promises for just about everything and every situation. I mean, as I said, many of you can probably think of a lot of the promises of God that are in the Bible, or maybe you've, you've stood on some of them before and, and believed for certain things. But, okay. But, yeah. Uh, uh, any, I mean, when you promise things to people, usually, and, and I think God is the same, you promise things for good. Is that, that that'd be right. So does God actually want us to have a comfortable life? Now, before you answer that, the reason I asked this question is because was Pete and I actually discussed this on our podcast, uh, oddfather.com, if you want it. And I I just just want to point out that I am sure that Pete and I discussed this because if you were here last week, um, I actually started my message with a conversation that Pete and I had only to discover afterwards that we never had it. And that it wasn't just a conversation that we didn't never had. It was a it was a conversation that Brendan talked about the week before here up on stage, and I had totally um, stolen whatever he had said and uh, used it for my own designs. So I do apologise for that. If you realise that that's what happened, if you didn't forget, I mentioned it. Um, but th- there's there's a whole idea that the promises of God are are for our benefit, which I think is true, but they're also there to help us have an easy life. Mm. What do you think of that idea? I think that's not true necessarily. I, I, I think that's often a misunderstanding that we, we think that if God promises us something, that it will come complete and we don't have to do anything. And I think that most of the time that's not actually the case. God promises something and he does deliver on his promise, but then there's an expectation that there's a part that we have to play in, um, what's the word? Um, fulfilling? Fulfilling that promise. Can you give us an example from the Old Testament? Well, we... <laughs> um, I, can't, yeah. no, I can't think of their names. Caleb and... Um, Jay. <laughs> Joshua and Caleb, that's the word. I'm going to say, when they went into the promised land, God promised them. We did discuss this beforehand. God promised them the land. And it was a land of milk and honey. It was a beautiful land. It had everything that they needed in that land. But there were 12 spies that went in and only two of those actually saw the promise. The rest of them went, there are giants in that land. We don't want it. We don't want anything to do with it. And I think that it's it's really easy for us to do the same thing, that God often promises us things and he shows us the promise. But when we look at the promise, we think that's too much hard work. I don't want to do that. That can't be from God or that's not for me. And we dismiss it. Yes. I mean, a, a 
a perfect example is our property that we've yes we've just recently bought yeah 17 acres up in the hills i won't go into it all but it's everything we've ever wanted it's absolutely With nothing we need absolutely <laughs> it's incredible but there's a lot of work ahead of us to make it into what we want and we were promised a home by god years ago that, that it's a testimony coming or share it all later but we were promised a home as we had a home we sold our home and it's a long story and it's been a journey for us of of 20 years of getting to the point where we again have this property and sometimes we stand there and we look at it and we think how the heck are we ever going to get to where we need to be in this place is this really a promise from god but when you stand there and you look at it it's the most magnificent piece of earth that yes. we could possibly us, you might not like it, but yeah. that we could we we possibly but the other, want. But there's a whole there's giant there's a whole lot of giants to slay, aren't there? And and not only that, we can look back now at what God did in that journey. Because I don't know about the promises that God's made you, but sometimes along the journey, you sort of think that God has a really cruel sense of humour, and that He is He is making life difficult for you on purpose. Um. I can still remember that one of the first properties that we looked at uh, was a really nice property, and it was the first property we actually put an offer on. And there was a great deal of debate about how much we should put on there and, and all the rest. And uh, we, we put an offer in that we thought was, you know, had a real chance of success. And we just, I mean, it went for way higher than, than we'd offered, and we were all extremely disappointed. And at that point, you sort of think, well, come on, we've prayed, we've believed. We, we've we've firmly yeah we've waited the, you know the promises of God are there why is God fighting against us with this why isn't God fulfilling His promises now looking back on that my first thought is thank goodness we didn't get that property because we wouldn't have what we had now but when you're on the journey sometimes it's hard to discern where because God is steering you in a particular direction often the the, the times when you think God is punishing you are, are the times when you've gone off track. And all God's trying to do is is nudge you back on track. So the promises of God, I think, involve a lot of disappointment. And waiting. And, and waiting. And time. And and I guess one of the questions, if we, if we look at it biblically, is that Joshua and Caleb saw the promises of God in that land and were prepared to take it. What did the other 10 spies see? Did they actually see the promises of God or did they actually not see the promise? All they saw was the problem. Because you know, we've got to ask ourselves, sometimes in life, do we let the problems stop us from seeing the promise? Yep. Because you know, this is where our, our faith comes in. We actually, I think, have to see the promise first yep. before we can actually tackle the giants Yep. That, that are in our way. Because if all we just see is the giants, we will always forget that God has promised us something. Yep. And we'll always be moaning and groaning that God hasn't come through for us. Yeah. When in fact he has, but we haven't taken hold of what he's offered. Yeah. But, I mean, why do you think there's a, a time of testing, if you like? Well, I, I mean, it's interesting because I think of... A number of stories where all of us have been through things 
in our life. And it's interesting when you watch people go through particularly tough times or difficult situations. There's been a few of those. There's been quite a few of them in the last year. We're leaving those behind this year. Um, but you listen to people as they come out the other side and you can tell who's done the journey well and who hasn't by what they say. Because I hear people say, I, I wouldn't wish this situation on anybody. I wouldn't wish what I've been through on anybody. But I'm so glad that it happened and that I've come out the other side a different person, mm. a better person, a stronger person, a person with greater vision, with greater faith, with greater knowledge, a person that can now help others through something. I don't want to do the journey again. I don't want to do that again. That was horrible. But it's made me who I am today. And there's something in that that if we follow God through whatever it is that we're going through, we do come out the other side better, tougher, stronger, more knowledgeable, and that we gain something not only for ourselves but for others as well. And it's really important that we do a journey well. So so when when God promises things, we do need to work with him in that journey, maintain faith and hope through the journey no matter what is happening because there's always something better on the other side. Yeah. So you've sort of you've sort of painted God there as a, as, as a bit like a gym instructor. Has anybody ever been to the gym? Uh, put a, hang on. Has anybody ever paid for a gym subscription? <laughs> Who's been to the gym? <laughs> um, um, anybody who's been and actually had a, a an instructor help them in the gym. Um, I don't know about you, but you go to the gym with visions of what you're doing, changing you into a better person, usually physically, when you do that. And what you actually do is you employ somebody to come alongside of you and make you as miserable as possible to achieve that goal. I mean, f face it, they are not there to make your life easy, are they? They often will stand there and growl in your ear, come on, you can do another one, one more, one more, you've got it in you. And you're sort of thinking, no, please, I can't. Um, and you sort of think, well, to achieve that goal, in, in our minds, we know we have to go through that pain. We, have, we know we have to go through that, that strengthening, that, that breaking process, if you like, to get stronger. And so if God does that, does God actually give us the pain? Or does he actually use the fact that life is hard and give us a choice that we can either choose the road where we let life be hard and, and get nothing out of it, or do we actually allow him to use life's hardships to achieve his goals? Because I, I mean, who, th who thinks that God gives us hardship to, to train us up? He's, he's the perfect PT. Uh, uh, who thinks, well, no, God, God just waits till we get in the poo and then uh, shows us how to get out? Because there's, there's two schools of thought on, on how that actually works. Some people can't, can't deal with the idea that God could be mean enough to intentionally put them in harm's way to change their lives. Um, and 
I mean, it's a great debate. I mean, uh, Kirsty talked about the fact that dinner parties will be starting after I love my church Sunday. These are the good things that over a, a, a good um, a good meal and uh, a good glass of water, whatever you're drinking with the meal, um, to have a discussion about life and how those sort of things affect you. Because uh, I think I think it's really important to think about those things and discuss those things because. I think often we can come into church life and come to faith and just assume then that God's a good God. He loves everybody, so everything's just going to be great from now on. Um, and he is a good God, and he does love you. <laughs> That's all true. But life still happens in and around that, and it's, it's, it's how we invite God into our life and our situations that affects how we deal with Everything yeah. that happens. Can you can you actually get the promise without slaying the giants? I mean, I've seen people who have prayed for stuff and it's come. I think some sometimes there are. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes there are just instant miracles that that happen. But then you do wonder. You have to wonder what's gone on in the person's life prior to that that might have readied them for that moment. Yeah. Because we don't always know that either. No, that's true. And because we don't know. I think it's we're going to end end the service in a little while with with prayer, and the idea is because in two Corinthians in chapter one and verse twenty, who's ever heard the that saying, you know, "God's promises are yes and amen." It sounds a bit glib. I, I actually checked it to make sure it was in the Bible because um, I thought that that just that doesn't sound biblical. Um, but if you look in two Corinthians one. And verse 20, it actually tells us, and it's a bit more, and the thing is, it's good to read it because it's not quite as simple as that. But it tells us that God's promises, all of God's promises have been fulfilled through Jesus. So the promise that you're after has been fulfilled through the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that everything that God has promised has become yes because of Jesus. And the fact that we say yes and amen, the Hebrew word amen means yes, basically. So it's just, it makes us feel better because it sounds religious. We just say yes and amen instead of saying yes and yes because we don't want people to think we stutter. Um, but we've got to ask ourselves if all of God's promises have been fulfilled through Jesus, what does that mean for us? What do we have to do to actually see those come to pass. Because often I think we strive to get God to fulfill his promises. But the Bible tells me that God has already done that. There's no striving on God's part. The things that we are believing for, the things that God has for us, are there. And so our job is to appropriate them. That means that actually God has done all he needs to do. It's up to us to do what we need to do. And we actually... Maybe there are some giants to slay. Yeah. Um, but the thing about the giants that we have to slay is, is God has said, he's put up, it's like going into a boxing ring, lacing on the gloves, and up on the scoreboard it says, uh, out of three rounds, you, three, enemy, zero. But you've still got to go in and do the, the fighting. But the the... the, the result of the rounds is already up there. That's what God has done. We've actually got to 
do what it takes to achieve that. We can't just stand there and, and take it on the chin, as it were. Great analogy for that sort of fight. But that's not what, what we're called to do. We're not called to be passive in accepting God's promises. We're actually called to be active because God, God will guide our steps. And so do you want to tell people what we're going to do? Yeah, what, what, what we're going to do now is um, in those little boxes, the, the cards that you received, actually, can I ask Loretta if maybe if, if you've got a pen already, because we're going to write something on the back. If you've got a pen, then that's fine. If you need one, you can just put your hand up as, as I'm talking. Um, Loretta will bring one around. So on the back of those little cards, we've given you a promise this morning, one of the promises from God, and hopefully that was meaningful to you. But what we want you to do on the back is write down a specific promise. A specific promise that God has given you that you are believing for right now that you're standing on. And if for any reason there's something that you're not waiting on, then maybe write down something that he has already fulfilled in your life. So we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna... And, and, even, and also possibly think of a promise. You, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I, I haven't asked God for anything. I, I don't, I, there's not a promise that I'm actually waiting on. That makes you one of the 10 spies. Shame on you. <laughs> no, no <laughs> joking, joking. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to actually say, God isn't holding back. He's, he's not saying, well, you're a good person. You haven't asked me for anything. I, I, lo- I love that. He's saying, come on. These promises are for you. My son Jesus died and was yeah. was born again so that you could have these promises. I want you to actually start believing and having faith yeah. for some promises. So now is a good time to actually start, you know, well, yeah, let's let's believe for something this year. Let's let's go for something. Let's take a risk. Let's step out. So as I said, maybe you've already got something. If that's the case, write that down. Otherwise, write something that you'd like to believe for. Or you might just want to write down the, the great things that God's already you. done. Yeah. yeah. I'll just give you a few minutes to do that. Vicky will sing while we. Yeah. She won't. Perhaps I will. I've got very good at Twinkle Twinkle Little Star lately.
I don't want to rush you if you're not ready. I can just see a couple of people still writing. Actually, while you're still writing, I, I, I just want to add another thing to the, the promises of God. Um, even though it's your promise, doesn't mean you have to do it on your own. That's why we're, we're here in community. Uh, had a, a great example of that yesterday. We, we invited people to come up and have fun with chainsaws. Um, and uh, we thought we'd chop down a couple of trees. But turns out one of the people that we invited, unbeknownst to us, was a, not only an absolute machine, but a skilled arborist. And so we went from chopping down a couple of trees to about 15 just, just so and we had to remove trees because we're putting a shed up. Yeah, we this was legally. We, we have trees. permits to do it. Uh, this is not, you know, clandestine, true lopping or yeah. anything like that. Just in case. But, uh, and if you want, I won't mention that person's name here, but if you if you need a skilled arborist and, and somebody who's who loves his job, um, even though it's not his job, um, I'll, I'll give you his name afterwards. But that just to say that, that's something that we're doing and if we'd done on our own would have taken weeks and just because uh, we reached out and somebody was kind enough to offer their help something has happened which is, is miraculous extremely messy but miraculous and so I just want to encourage you involve other people in, in your dreams and plans because you don't know what they're going to bring it can be absolutely amazing thanks <laughs>